Welcome to the thrivingat60.com podcast, the number one motivational show on the planet. No more sour days for you. It's time to make lemons into lemonade every day. This is a podcast where we help you thrive, not just survive. We help you accept who you are, not where you are, by discovering and inquiring into how to turn lemons into lemonade. Are you ready for the roller coaster ride of a lifetime? Tired of feeling let down? Tired of the lemons life keeps handing you? We can help you make every day a lemonade day. It's time to put those lemons in a blender. Let's go on an amazing and exciting, unpredictable journey of discovery. We know champions sit in the front seat, so make sure your seatbelt is fast and tight. One, two, three, let's go. When you have an attitude of gratitude, people just want to hang with you. Introducing the woman who believes ordinary stands for extraordinary, the host of Thriving at 60, Wendy B. Welcome to Getting Unstuck with Wendy B and Thriving at 60. Um, Today, I decided to do a Facebook Live on my post about um, courage. And um, the post is, one of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you cannot change. And um, accept the way it is and the way it isn't. And... um, and you just have some freedom. So the story behind me and my happiest moment, I mean, I've had many happiest moments when I finally accept. I've been a member of Al-Anon for, uh, since 89. So many years, my oldest daughter's 33, and I started Al-Anon when she was eight months old. Her dad and I had split, and um, Al-Anon is a 12-step po- program that I highly recommend for people whose lives have been affected by alcoholism. And so I've been a member since 89, and I grew up with alcoholism. My mother was an alcoholic, and she passed away. My biological mom passed away about 20-some-odd years ago, and my father was. And a lot of people don't like to admit that, but I think a lot of times the crazy-making in life is because of some addiction. And um, and in Al-Anon, I've learned to let go and let God. This incident happened, and, and this is no way in bad-mouthing. My daughter's dad, um, he's passed away. But when we split, I had my own money, and I had my own house in North Delta, and I sold it. Bought a, an old trading post while well, it was an old building, a second-hand shop in Hope, and I made it into the Fort Hope Trading Post. Sold antiques and second-hand stuff below and raised my daughter uh, above I had renovated with the help of contractors, renovated the upstairs and made it livable because it wasn't livable when I bought it. My oldest daughter's dad used to come and, and, and help me renovate in the store too and visit his daughter. He would bring, I had a couple of stepchildren, he'd bring them, and we were all pretty close. My daughter's dad was an alcoholic, and it was natural for me to be attracted to alcoholics because I was raised with that. When I was raised with that crazy making, I never understood it until I was in Al-Anon a few years, and it was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, that's what's familiar, comfortable and familiar, even though it's crazy making. It can be crazy making. Things were disappearing from my store, and I thought, my God, like there's, um, 
lots of thievery here, but I have to pay more attention, not thinking in, in, in anything uh, too much. And then one day, I uh, my truck broke down, and, and my daughter's dad lived in Burnaby, and I was living in Hope. My truck broke down, and I had never visited his home. Uh, he lived there with his two children, and and um, he, after we split, he 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 got rented this place at Duplex. So I called him up and said, "Hey, you know my truck's broke down. Um, it's in a garage. Um, can I stay a, a day or whatever it takes to get the truck fixed?" And he said, "Sure." And I said, "Well, this is where I am." And and he came and he picked me up. And uh, um, I think our oldest was two at the time. And I saw these items from my store in his house and I was livid like I was like (laughs) so I I I, my stepdaughter was 13 at the time so I said to her could you watch your sister for you know 20 minutes a half an hour I'd like to go outside and talk to your dad privately in the car and she said sure so I went to him and I said can we go into the car and um, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed and I need to talk to you. So he said, sure. So I went to the car and he and I, so I confronted him. I was like, whoa, I confronted him about the thievery because <laughs> that's what it was. And he had probably six or eight items, antique items that were valuable that he had never paid for and taken out of my store. And he totally denied it and said I'd let him have it. And like, and all of a sudden, I got really clear that he believed his own bull. <laughs> like there was just this moment of sanity that it didn't matter how angry I was and how right I was that he was going to stick to his story. And in that moment, I got freedom because it was like, oh, wow, I'm dealing with the insanity of active alcoholism. And it it can be insane when it's not active alcoholism. So when it's active, it can be really insane. And when in that moment, when I accepted the way it was and the way it wasn't, And I had the courage to put some boundaries in. And I just said, okay. So I got you believe what you're saying. And from now on, the boundary is when you come to visit your daughter, you cannot ever go into my store. Because I don't agree with your version, but you you believe it. So you can never go into my store again and look at the stuff. Like just never when you visit. You're only allowed to be in the living room and the washroom and the kitchen when you visit our daughter. No going in bedrooms, no nothing, just living room and kitchen and bathroom. And he sputtered a bit and whatnot, and I said, well, that's, that's going to be the boundary. I'm never going to stop you from visiting our daughter. She needs you in her life but I need to have boundaries. And if anything, any of my antiques disappear from my living room or kitchen, 
you will be banned from being in the house. You will have to visit her at a park or you can come to the door. And, and hopefully it doesn't come to that, but that's what will happen. And I was freed up. Like it was like I, I, I was thrilled. I, I just had this total freedom to be myself, allow him to be himself. I didn't have to make him wrong anymore. But I had the courage to accept the way it was and the way it wasn't. I couldn't change his craziness. And he wasn't willing to get sober. And even if he got sober, it would take a, quite a long time before he could be rational, probably. <laughs> I was able to just put the boundaries in, uh, stop making him wrong. And I just let go and let God. And that's one of the, the sayings in, in Al-Anon's, let go and let God. And he died, uh, my uh, former died, oh, you know, I think three years ago or five years ago. I'm not, I'm not quite sure now. And we had a, 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 as good a relationship as you could have with someone who was active. We talked three or four times a year, and we talked for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, and I'd get into his world, and we'd share whatever we shared. I was so clear that my uh, former loved our daughter and just didn't know how to emotionally be there for her. He eventually moved uh, quite a distance. He moved to Alberta and didn't hardly ever see our daughter after that. And... But I, I kept the relationship, you know, I, I felt it was important for my daughter to have a relationship with her dad. And I would frequently tell her that her dad loved her. He just couldn't emotionally be available to her. And I would explain to her, like, how can he be emotionally available to you if he can't even be emotionally available to himself? And that's why he drank, so he could numb himself, right? And, and it wasn't he wasn't a bad person. He was a sick person. So I, I just wanted to uh, bring up one of the happiest moments in my life is when I, I you know, I had the courage to let go and um, to something I couldn't change. I was powerless over it. And our lives became manageable because I didn't try to control the uncontrollable. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't talk about alcoholism but in, and I'm not putting uh, my former down in any way. He was a good man, and um, and he was a sick man. So thank you for listening to uh, getting unstuck with Wendy B and thriving at sixty. You can go to my webpage wendybergen.com um, and get a complimentary. Um, uh, discovery session to move you forward if there's an area where you are stuck. And um, let's get you moving forward. And, um, and so again, go to my webpage, wendybergen.com. And you can also buy, uh, I'm a best-selling author, you could buy uh, my book called Getting Unstuck. It's 30 short little chapters. The longest chapter is four pages. The shortest is, is one page. And then I ask you specific questions at, at the end of each chapter. And, um, and my promise to you is that if you answer those questions authentically, you will move forward and get unstuck. 
So thank you for listening to Getting Unstuck with Wendy B and Thriving at 60. And hopefully we talk tomorrow. I'm trying to do a Facebook Live every day for a little while. Thank you for listening and have an awesome evening. Bye now. Thank you for listening to thrivingat60.com with Wendy B. What did you like best about the podcast? Email wendyb at thrivingat60.com. Keep up on the latest by subscribing to the podcast. Also, drop by the website and rate the show. Turn lemons into lemonade at thrivingat60.com.